keep it simple as much as I can, for sure, yeah. G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice Podcast with your host, Jack Creswell. Whether you farm it, service it, or just love it, this podcast is for you. We'll bring you the techniques and technologies you can implement into your day straight from the leaders and innovators themselves. Spread the farm's advice so that we can reach more farmers right across Australia. Follow us on all of your socials at Farms Advice and let's get into this episode. You know those people you see on Instagram and you you love what they do, but you'd love to dive a little bit deeper into how they do it. Well, this is sort of how this episode came about. Hayden King from King Cattle Company. We'll be diving into how he got started into trading and what he's up to. And he's got a fair few avenues down the line. So let's get into this episode. The elusive Hayden King. It's been a while trying to get you on the podcast. Like a lot of people, um, a lot of the guests, it's not always just straight down the line, getting them on, putting you in that seat there. So it's great to have you on today. Uh, thanks for having me. Chrissy, it's good to be here. Finally made time. We both fit in. It's great. Yeah. Absolutely. And for those that are tuning in today, I actually I found you, Kiki, from like Instagram and I just thought that was a pretty cool way of what you're doing and how you're doing it. Being a young couple there as well. Um, talk to me about your connection, your background to agriculture. Where did it all start? We heard it just sort of started in Dubbo the other day. The other day. Mm. Yeah, it's um yeah, I suppose it's just, well, never grew up really on a farm or anything like that, but I think as a child and grandparents had a dairy farm as a really young kid, and I think that just sort of just in, grew in my veins, really, like that want to have land and to be, yeah, yeah work on my land, and that's just pretty, as a young kid, always wanted to do that, having potty calves and backyards and always trying to, yeah, do something farming related as a kid, and just as I grew older, Left home when I was 15, went up to the territory for a couple of years growing watermelons. Pretty good opportunity I had and headed up there and yeah, just just kept um chasing the dream, I guess. And um, yeah, so come back home. Um what was that bit 2010, I think it was. And yeah, just my parents had just bought a little hobby farm then when I'd come home and um yeah, I sort of started, oh, this is fun, and started buying a few cows and just sort of got the love for it a bit more and it just yeah, grew and grew from there, yeah. And that's how you landed yourself. You're Queensland, southern Queensland somewhere? Yeah, just based, just outside Toowoomba we are, yeah. 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 Nice and close down, yeah. And yeah. I was going to say something. Take me back to, oh, take me back to being a ringer almost, but... What are you, you mustering watermelons up in the NT? Yeah, so it was a bit funny. Like, my parents were pretty, um, weren't really liking the idea of me leaving home. So they're like, what about we let you leave home at 15 if we, if you go to a family friend's place? And this family friend had just taken up a property up, um, oh, is it 400 k's north of Alice Springs in the desert growing watermelons? So, um, that sounded like a fun thing better than school so I went straight there and yeah, did two years up there helping develop a property up there and yeah, growing watermelons and yeah, it's good real good experience yeah unreal and bit of a juxtaposition to where you are now your king cattle company and your predominantly trading talk to us a little bit about your operation how's it run and maybe what's more mm-hmm. or insta season yeah so it's um 
easiest way to describe what we do is we day trade cattle, similar that you'd meet a stock trader on the stock market, trading stocks on the day to day. So a lot of the cattle we buy, we might only own for two or three days, sometimes two or three weeks. And it's more or less just buying in mixed mobs and um, weaning them off, um, inducting them, doing all the health vaccinations and that, and um, getting them real quiet and selling them off into nice quality lines. And it's gotten bigger and bigger over the years, yeah. Do you think going into that sort of enterprise, is it to do with your location um, and access to the markets? Like you're looking to get... Mm cattle as cheap as possible and then building them up as well um, and trading them on or how's it all work? Yeah, so it's probably where the business originally started. Like when we, my parents had bought this little hobby farm, it's 180 acres just out sort of Toowoomba and, you know, at best days you might run 20 head on it, 20 breeders maybe across years sort of things. So I think as a younger guy, so it was, you know, running a few and, you know, wasn't, was never enough, so I'd always buy a few and put them on gum tree and would sell them. And that sort of really found a market in that where people were chasing good quality quality lines. And that just, I guess, has from that point, it's just gotten a bit bigger where we've yeah, got to where we are today where um, you know, everyone's sort of chasing what we've got. And it works well where we are. Um, well, yeah, because a lot more hobby farmers around or smaller operations where they probably don't have time to go to sale yards and come out to our place on the weekend and pick out what they need and what they like. Um, and but that has grown more from that as well, where we've sort of can be quite central and can source a lot of cattle from over the ticks, bring them over here at a pretty cheaper rate than selling them out to bigger operators out west as well and down south. Yeah. So it's more about sort of getting those little lots and building them into these sort of bigger mobs that people are chasing um, because they don't want to sort of do the hard yards of what you're doing. Is that the case? Yeah, that that's probably the yeah at the end of the day what how it works. Like it lot like you know, especially I say the last pretty two years really where it's just been such a small supply of cattle and everyone holding on. Like we'll we would, you know buy out a bit for thirty sales a fortnight yeah. and. Um, you know, it's getting pretty, maybe three to four on a head out of that wholesale. So some of those are only getting five or ten head. And we sort of amalgamate them all at home here. And, you know, at the end of the fortnight, you've got sort of four, 400 head here ready to sell and you can just ride them out in the fee doubles. And it makes a really good process, for, especially for yeah, people who just ready to land cattle and need them now. Yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you say 30 sales in a fortnight? That's what you gave Yeah, so, yeah, so I had a, we've got a good link of... um. Um, contract buyers and agents we talk to and more or less buy from everywhere from Rockham or Grace up north down to um, Inverell and out to Roma um, and there's yeah, heap of little sales in between all them and they're just I, I call it um, seagulling so sit on the sit on the um, rails all day looking for a bargain or something that's not sort of selling where, where it should be and you can sort of see value and just buy them and by the end of the the week you you've done that enough that there's enough cattle with that a similar description to make up some good deck loads yeah, yeah. wherever that hot chip is you'll be For, yeah. and now probably that you've become i don't know maybe known in the area and people that oh if i can't have these king you will take them yeah the- there's a lot of that there's a lot of calls from agents at the end of the day oh 
got a few of these might suit you. But um, sometimes I've, I've learned the hard way. Sometimes it's worth looking at it before you commit to them. You can always get a few dodgy ones stuck in there. Um, there's a bit of an ugly paddock going on out, out the back. Um, but no, it's part of, part of it, yeah. Beautiful. And so with your trading enterprise, you also, you've got a fair bit of lease or you're running adjustment on other people's places. Talk to me about that. How did you mm. get into it? I've got, I ran that Instagram story before and I've got some good questions. Will you tackle that and then I'll fire them, yep. those ones at you. That sounds good. Yeah, so probably, I guess, I've been chasing adjustment in lease country since I've been 20, really. We've had some great experiences and some really hard experiences over the years. But um, I guess there's always that under feeling like, you know, you just that having your own mobs of cattle instead of just having these in and out sort of thing. Obviously, there's a lot more uh, potential making money as well. You can sort of grow them out and fatten them, not have any, any major issues. You can um, yeah, do quite well out of it. Like in one beauty of the adjustment of the cyber is that you can be quite mobile. If the season's good somewhere, you can find country there and just there. And you know, when it gets hard, you can move out and go to the next place um, and not necessarily tied to anywhere. Um, so you would have been running all, I've been adjusting at least down in Varela a fair bit lately. Um, that's all sort of starting to come to an end. And um, it's been running a fair few out at Lightning Ridge and Walden over the years as well. But um, yeah, so it, it all, it's all sort of grown. And you know, I think the vision was that, you know, pretty, pretty pushed a bit too hard last pretty 12 months and pretty learned a few lessons where, you know, sometimes it's take your wins when you can and um, step back and probably didn't do that this this time around taking a few hits which is never fun but it's part of the journey as well yeah risk it for the biscuit the re- reward yeah, is the pretty good if you can nab it yeah if you can yeah, yeah. Um, definitely didn't happen this time around but anyways we, we've done yeah if we pull it out bigger picture and look at the last three years we've done really well but for in the last 12 months there's been been a few knocks in there too that's for sure yeah absolutely and i think like this is a pretty good avenue or like the sons and daughters of farmers that are looking to get their own bit. But even as new entrants into agriculture, adjustment and leasing is a good way to get into it as long as they've got the know-how of that land and how it works. You said you had good and bad ideas without dropping too many details. What, what makes it, um, what makes the scenario bad in terms of adjustment or lease? Yeah, I've had a few shockers where like, I've just probably been young as pretty back going back eight years ago, eight years ago where like there's some, yeah, as a young guy, you just, you're just keen, you know, you've got to save up some money and, you know, you, you, know, you worked out, oh, we can run two on head and get all excited and go just take the first place you find. And like I said, this particular place, it was out sort of west of Hebel and they just had a bit of a uh, winter break and it looked great. So we went out, stuck these cattle in, got a bit of, a bit of a loan money for it and, Got stuck into it and um yeah, but yeah, like it's it turned out it was just a rough sheep block and they never put any weight on and you know, we just you know, oh we'll give it a bit longer, we'll give it a bit longer and then you know, all of a sudden we're in a drought and you're selling these cattle you paid a thousand bucks for, you sell them for five hundred bucks and thought, oh we'll hang on a bit longer. And um eventually you yeah, you know like yeah, I like bring this one mob, but we started two hundred head and we're down to about a hundred worth about a hundred dollars each and you know, it's just we end up, yeah, amazingly. It was, it was a tough three years, but um, found another block up in Queensland, put up there, and just kept trading and trading, and eventually the drought broke, and um, 
yeah, it was probably about a three-year process to get back to where we started. Yeah, she learned some lessons out of it. But, yeah, I think that'd be one advice just, yeah, sometimes it's better not to have a deal and to have a deal sort of thing, yeah. If, it's, yeah, if there's some sort of doubt in it, yeah. It's hard to know, especially environmentally. And then you are sort of clinging on. You're like, oh, it might turn, it might turn. And then it's, yeah. the market yeah. dropping and dropping. What's Yeah, no. Nah. People say like you know, have a have a worst case scenario, but I reckon like if your worst case is a little bit worst case, triple it. Like oh, we've had you know, some doozies, you know. Oh, it's shocking. Like we had a real good block last year; it was going great. Big clover block and cattle fat as, and then we had three floods go through in a month and wash them all away. Like oh, some some shocking ones. Like yeah, sort of, like it's mind boggling. I think it's good until. Still some sort of hard things like that happen, and yeah, anyways, you do keep chipping through. Hey, so yeah. that stream through or come through your stories on Instagram, did you, you actually lost some cattle with the flood? Yes, we, yeah, it was, it was pretty hard. Like, we probably end up like they all we had to get a helicopter and they pushed them out up onto like I assume get 10k's up on some high ground, but then they're out on a stock route and sort of spread out a bit. Oh, I think I spent a week down there chasing them and found most of them, but I think it was about 120k spread on them all. Like it's a pretty big old mission, but yeah, we end up working out. We lost it out. Oh, we lost a lot of weight on them. That was probably the biggest issue and lost probably about 10 head out of the whole mob, which wasn't too bad, yeah. but yeah, probably more that, that cons- consequence of no weight gain off that and how they lost that then then holding on and then the price correction sort of happening by the end of the year where there was a fair bit of financial hurt from that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's a tricky one, but is what it is. Just got to try to minimise your losses and maximise your profits when you can and, yeah, keep, keep pushing ahead, I think. Yeah, that's what you can do. Was that one of the good scenarios with a bad ending there or is it an even better scenario of like one that sort of pulled off really well for yourself? Yeah, so like, yeah, so like, they're probably some of the harder ones, but like, we've had, like, as that drought was breaking, I picked up some good adjacent blocks and we'd bought, you know, some steers for 250 bucks each, like the week before the drought broke with the trading. And um, I think we ended up selling them for about $1,800 12 months later. So, I think we spent some huge profits throughout the years. And, and at the end of the day, we've probably, yeah, we've gone way a lot, gotten a lot more, um, Wins and losses, that's for sure. But yeah, there's definitely, I think if you if you're starting out and you're only aiming for the wins and you're not expecting losses, you could be right in for a bit of hurt. I think for sure. Yeah. But you seem pretty optimistic about sort of each scenario, each day, or whatever sort of task you're doing. Is that the case? Mm. Is that what gets you through? What like involved? Yeah, I think like I, I suppose like in my mind, like you know, we've got some pretty big dreams, some big goals to where we want to be in. So like probably 20 years time and I think you can only just keep pushing ahead and you you know obviously learn from your mistakes or you know what's happened not necessarily your mistakes but just what's happened in the market and I think if you're going to get bogged down and you're staffed you might as well go get a job in town doing something else I think but I think it, it is this that boom and bust scenarios and probably don't go all in on, on any deal and just keep chipping away on smaller deals on each lot and have a few different things going on. I think that's probably the best way to protect yourself, yeah. Spit in a few plates at once. So let's skip into um, the questions that came through on Instagram. I think it's pretty cool. It's the first time I've 
put it up a couple of times, but the farmers, either young or old, aren't too keen to put their input in to it. Ooh. But Lachlan asks, how do you get into what he does? So within a short amount of time, how do you get into trading? Why trading over becoming a breeder or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose probably the when like I was sort of working a full time job when I was um you know had started you know, start buying and selling ten or twenty head on a weekend and um yeah, it just sort of seemed to work pretty good like where I suppose in my head I sort of figured if you make fifty bucks out of a out of one trade and you can do ten of them a year you, you're making just as much as you would out of a breeder so if you can do thirty trades in a year you can. You can sort of triple your farm's income, obviously a bit more work, but when it was such a small operation, um, trading a hundred head in a year instead of um, keeping ten or twenty breeders, it was a better option for my spare time. Kept me, kept had something fun to do and love love chasing the deals. So I, I think that's where it's pretty come from. And um, yeah, I don't, yeah, just I think that's pretty. At the end of the day, it's never been the right country to breed in. Yeah, no, that's a good response. And the best place and way to find lease country, how do you find lease country? Is it through, like, it's yeah. on the market? You sort of just know people that know people? I think if you, like, yeah, it's a tricky one. Like, we're always looking for more um, lease in adjacent country. And I think it's a lot of word of mouth is the biggest thing. Um, I think once you get into an area and you're, you know, can show that you're doing a good job. Like, you know, you're not just following the country and you're not not being a problem at GST. Um, it will reflect. And yeah, there's always there's always someone with a spare paddock somewhere. Um, yeah. It's just matter of I reckon, this biggest thing. But well, I try everything. I, I, I've got core flute signs out on sides of roads with, with my phone number wanting adjustment. Got them printed up all pretty for the logo and all that. Well, always got an ad on Facebook, Gumtree. But I think it's really is just having. There's always the paddock somewhere you just got to find the guy to do it. But yeah, it's it is a mission that's for sure. Yeah, but I th- think if you start in your local area and just start dropping in asking people, for the best way to do it. There's that adjustment.com. Um, dot au. I think it's that. Um, uh, yeah, adjustment.net.au well. is really good. Um, but you got to be quick. Like yeah, have your email alerts set up for all the areas. I missed out on one today. It was up for two hours up at Longreach and was gone. I couldn't believe it. Um, it would have been a great one to pick up. Um, but yeah, you just got to be on. If it was up for two hours, no one would have inspected it or anything just off the cuff, sort of. Yeah, just off the cuff, sort of say. Or maybe maybe they knew each other or something like that. It's always like that too. Like it's uh, yeah, it always helps if you know someone that knows somebody and have that mutual connection or some sorts. There's always, that's always a good inroad. Yeah. That was from Tim and Brad said he's taking my question. Um, the plans for the future, the next ten years. What is, what's gonna, what's this gonna eventuate into? What do you want to do? Yeah, it's um, it's all up in the air at the moment. It's um, I guess the market coming back the way it has in the last probably say three or four months. It's sort of at that point. Do we keep going hard or do we just take our wings now and reset and get ready for the next time? Um, so we. We traditionally only trade during the spring and summer months, um, like at that really high intense amount. And then during the winter time, I, I do a bit of agent work, a bit of consulting, 
and the, and the like as well. Um, so I think it might come back in the next year or two. We might just pull things back a bit where it's not so high risk and sort of take out wins we have because we've, we've done pretty good with a couple of properties and and that. So I'm sort of don't want to risk risk it all just to make a few more bucks sort of thing. So I think like the end goal, I'd love to buy my own cattle station out up north somewhere. Um, but I think that's pretty more like a 20 year plan. And um, but we're, we're just that's pretty my end goal and keep every day sort of keep chipping away at that dream as the plan. Yeah. So it, it, it has its like, you know, you can go one way or the other way, but yeah, it's at the end of the day, that's pretty the end goal. Yeah. And like I, I love that you can sort of cut in and cut out when the opportunities there as well. Mm. So now it's a bit down in the market for cattle traders. Like you're yeah. taking it by the horns literally last year. You had a fair few numbers come through the yards. Yeah. Yeah, so you will probably see, yeah, like I think in the last three years we've had nearly 25,000 head come through. And I, I honestly reckon in the next year we might do 3,000 head and put it right back in the next 12 months. Um, and there's still, we've got really good relationships with people where they always do want cattle and we'll keep pushing them. But those, those big guys, the big deals that we pull off out west, I think they're really starting to pull back and like that available feed is drying up on them. And I think we'll just, we'll just pull back to having a, yeah, just a safer thing and chipping away at, it'll be a bit of, it'll be a funny change. That's for sure. Yeah. Beautiful. And Brad had a second one. Why'd you start cattle trading? Suppose we sort of covered that a little bit, but do you have a little snippet or? Yeah, I, I guess probably, probably, probably could give a bit more um, detail on it. I guess like, the big thing was it, it had a flexibility of being in the market and out of the market on a on a weekly thing. Like you know, cattle, pretty liquid money, and you know if you had it like back when I started, like you know if I had a, I started with a credit card actually, and just um bought went went into the local sales and bought ten grand's worth, whacked on the card, and um yeah tried them and did that a couple of times and, and made a couple of grand and like I think that's where it got I got the taste for it that you you would didn't necessarily need to buy the best quality or the worst quality. You just had to find good cattle that someone else would, would be happy to pay for and present them well sort of thing. Yeah, because uh, that's probably the best way to describe them. Just love that chase of finding the deal. That's for sure. Yeah. Beautiful. Do you, do you chase certain types of cattle to come through your yards? Are you looking to – or do you just see a line and you're like, oh, I need to build – Yeah, we – Buy just about everything other than Dexters and Dairies. That's what I try not to touch. There's always a handful that show up here. But they that's generally I'm pretty happy with everything as long as I can make it yeah, as long as there's quality behind them. I don't really like having anything that's too uh, too rough of a start in life, but mostly all just weaner cattle under twelve months of age is where we find for the, the better sorts to deal with, yeah. Good stuff. And who's in the operation alongside yourself? I see it might have been school holidays and you had an offsider doing some hard. Yeah. yeah, so I've got um it's me and my wife, um, pretty much. Um and I've got four kids as well, so they're always keen to help out. Um yeah, my oldest son, he's six, going on seven, and he's keen as he's he wants to be a bull catcher when he grows up and all he wants to do is help me on the whenever he can. Um but I uh, yeah, we get a Bit of bit of contract help. I've tried tried employees over the years, but they I either sack them or they quit. So I've given up on that. Just work work bigger hours. I figure. So yeah, it's always a bit, a bit of a tricky one. Workers, but yeah, here's what it is. Yeah, 
if you have a worker and because you'd probably predominantly be it just been all lease country wouldn't you do you like yeah. i don't know if i've ever heard of people having employees on their lease country sort of thing like that all going out yeah there. so it's all down to like you know certain leases have different commitments like some some you know we've got to do to like pasture improvements or spraying of um lantana and blackberries you know sometimes we get deal fencing and that so there's always plenty of work to be done and then i there's always enough Especially when there's like sort of four or five hundred head in the yards coming through, there's plenty of a day's work there to be done each day through that. Um, so yeah, if if you get the right work and you're not bathing them all day, it's great. But generally, I've, I've found the, the six workers I've gone through in the last two years, I'm I'm just with them the whole time, and, and it seems like it's just busier having them there sort of thing. So it has been a hard one, but it could just be down to some some days I just want to maybe it's just me and I'm not patient enough as well. You know, I'm expecting this to be competing, like working with my ethic, and yeah. not expecting to just do their 40 hours. So it's, it's a tricky one, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And even like doing this sort of work, I find it hard to be actually do the work, but also train people how to do the work. So you yeah. have to do the work nearly twice, um, just to get it sort of done. Um, but I'd imagine that's just a teething issue, so we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, that's a tricky one. Tricky. It's hard to find some of the same amount of passion, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's probably yeah. the biggest bit because passion just sort of um, pushes you along to build it up and whatnot. But let's yeah. go into a bit of ag tech. We've been talking on and off a little bit about some things that you may or may not have. What do you have on the farm? How does that help you? Even to maybe some software that to keep up with all those transactions um, that you're doing. Talk us through that. Yep. So we run a very straightforward, very simple system. Um, it's my, my wife mostly. <laughs> she she keeps the books straight. Um, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It's just spreadsheets, um, Excel spreadsheets. She's uh, I, I, we've looked at a lot of different options, but I've never been able to find something that would suit the day trading stuff so intensely with the. I think we we run more as a mob average than an individual average, and I think that's where. It'd just be very time-consuming. Like, say, AgriWeb seems like an excellent product. And we trialled that and looked at doing that with our background in cattle. And I think we'll probably end up doing something there for sure. But, say, to do the day-to-day stuff where you, they might only be there for three days and you've spent five minutes on each animal, get them all inducted and ready, it's probably not worth it. Um, but our big one we've been using is we bought an OptiWay last year and it's been a, a real big game change, especially on some of the further out. Um, latest country like it was one block there's five hours drive away so it, it's been real handy this year like it's been especially that tough um, wet wind, uh, spring and winter we had like it's really good to be able to tell that the cattle were struggling and falling away so just pin it and get them into different paddocks or you know start some supplementary feeding and that and and then when the when it's gone well that popular way has been fantastic as well just sort of being able to just pretty much look up what weights they are and look a truck and get down there and, and you're in and, in and out in the afternoon and oh, it's working great. So it's been good. Yeah. It, yeah. They like doing the series with OptiWay, they sort of work really good with adjustment. That's what I see the huge benefit for, especially when you're getting data fed through um, pretty seamlessly like that. What sort of data were you looking at? Um, and maybe with those bad scenarios, oh, that was probably too long ago. Did you see anything like, the feed on an adjustment block was going down 
um, and you didn't know, but you saw it on the figures? Yeah, that was probably the biggest, the most interesting one was when we had those really wet weeks and you just tell, like you, you knew it was raining down there, but you just tell when we had real heavy falls, like that, that next three or four days where they must just be, you know, sitting up on the, on the high ground just sulking and they're just are falling away and it's just really good. We were sort of able to work out yeah, the, the better paddocks of the wet weather and, you know, obviously with more shelter or a bit more hilly country and sort of probably, you know, pre-sustain them better in that wet period, um, which is, yeah, really, really easy to great when you wake up in the morning and just have a look at that last three or four days and what the cattle have been doing. Yeah. Um, so it's probably some real good management practices we could do there for sure, yeah. And what else do you have working around on your block and maybe running around adjustment? Is there much more to add to it? That's about it. We're pretty, I'm pretty basic. It's just me and the Ute mostly, and a couple of dogs. And um, yeah, it's um, it's about as far as we've gone with it. I'd love to get a bit more um, water monitoring um, stuff happening on a few of the blocks. We had a um, had a text message from an over there this morning, this afternoon for trough that's busted open, water everywhere. So that's tomorrow morning's job to head out there. That um, yeah, that's there's a few few things in the pipeline there. It'd be great to get a bit more water monitoring. Bit, bit of rain gauge as well. I reckon it'd be a great, great thing. I feel with the least walk, great. Yeah. What about your scales? How do you use them? Running so many through them. Do you yeah. So yeah, just got the classic old um true test. It sits in the in there and gets buried in, in all the crap every. Got to clean it every couple of days, but um yeah, it's um pretty straightforward. I yeah, I do. I bought all the fancy stuff, but I, I generally just have it running through and. A quick way, and we're pretty. Oh, we've got got a pretty pretty good idea of running through the paddock within a couple of kilos, anyways. In the in the yards, um, yeah. So you, it is handy, especially like obviously the fitted options plus and that as well. So it just got a pretty straightforward system there as well. I find pretty I'm pretty um, illiterate on a lot of that sort of stuff, so um, I find I find just have it as simple as possible, and I don't stuff it up sort of thing. Yeah. But um, uh, we're pretty good, and we've done it. Like a couple of other things, we've built a couple of our own websites as well. It's been another big thing. It's been good. Um, got one cowsales.com.au. It's been a been our probably biggest sales throughput over the years, sort of thing. So it's built up really good. So that's always always fun chasing the online stuff as well. Yeah. So how does that work, cow sales? Um, are you are you selling, or are you sort of like a bit of an auction house, or what is it? So originally, I, I started up years ago, and you know, typical great idea, not enough um stuff to follow through with it. But um, yeah, my idea is the Gumtree cows was the idea of it. But um, yeah, so get a few people advertise our own cattle, but then also we uh, we just use it to market all our own cattle, all our own stuff. So it works really good. We've got really good Facebook following and good Facebook groups, and yeah, then push them all back to the website. It's just a good way to sort of have our cattle there to yep. sell one, one place. I think it works well, yeah. It, it looks pretty fresh. You've got 200 mixed wieners, 450 mixed wieners, Santa breeder dispersals, drought master breeder herd. So if anyone's chasing, hit him up. Yep, there's always something on there, yeah. Yep. But no, so now my, my good wife, she does all that side of things for me and um, she's always, they always got the idea. She, she follows through for me, so it's great. But, yeah. Beautiful. And what about like accounting software? There's a fair few out there. Like Zero's been good. I'm not sure. Like whatever you want to dive into, dive into. But 
Yeah, so we, yeah, like I said, pretty, pretty simple. Like um, I, I just run everything off QuickBooks. Kind of wish I started at zero back in the day, but kind of QuickBooks now. Looked at trying to change over. It's just a pretty big mission to do it now. So pretty, it works well um, for what we do. But um, I, I think there's definitely a lot of better. Like I, I was sort of looking at there's a stock book and that sort of stuff as well. Um, we're probably end up doing something with them. I'd say like it, some pretty good systems on that for sure. Yeah. Yep. But at the moment, but yeah, that's probably the, the best way. Yeah, I can really keep it simple as much as I can for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like it's paying off pretty well for you. What's mm. what plans in the next couple of years? Uh, you're going to improve your manure sales. I see you do a few manure, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, I, I think, like, especially like, like for younger, like young people trying to get on their farms and that, like, you look at how expensive properties are. You really need to have like other ways to make the income. Like you, you know, if you're expecting to make it off the farm, like my idea is to farm. Like it is my full time job, sort of thing. Unfortunately, it's probably a hundred hour a week job, but it is a job. <laughs> but yeah, so I sort of look at what we got in our hands. So like over the years, we've yeah, sold firewood off the place, we've sold rocks off the place. Um, right. and yeah, one thing, one big thing we like, yeah, it's pretty pretty where we are. We're fifteen minutes to. Most areas of towns, so, you know, a lot of people have gardens and that. And we got an endless supply of cow poo, and um, so there's a you know pretty pretty good little business there actually. We just yeah, compost this manure down, and every every couple of days there's five or six people lining up to get the trailer loads. So there's a there's a few ideas in the works with that. A bit of um, working out for some lawn care products and that sort of stuff, and bagging it properly. So yeah. Um, chase that do a bit of selling the clothing there's, there's pl- plenty of things that happen with so you can't just do do one thing and expect it to work i think and you know, keep, keep chipping away a few other things on the side that's for sure what were you um, rocks what was their purpose like yeah so you know, like, we got some beautiful um like like volcanic um scrub country and it's just you know these cool little volcanic rocks everywhere that people love to buy to put on garden edges and that sort of stuff so yeah, it's hilarious that sort of stuff so you know, people come yeah, pay fifty dollars to pick rocks for the day, fill a trailer up. It's hilarious, but um, yeah, cleans up the paddock and um, get a bit of money in the pocket too. It works great. So, um, there's there's always something going on. Uh, we yeah, trade a bit of machinery and sell hay. To just yeah, always chasing, chasing, just keep chipping away, chasing the dream. That's for sure. Just making these little farms pay for themselves and yeah, keep improving. Um, and I think that's another thing. Like um. Yeah, you you got your, your farm business, but you also got your property business where that's probably your, your biggest growth for your asset if you can get your hand on buying even a small block. Like, yeah, it doesn't take long to add a bit of improvements and add value to your property to just use that as a stepping stone to get into another one, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even for those that have property, they're looking for adjustment, like, especially with um, out west. Like Western New South Wales, we've got a lot of mates out there. They they've just brought on a lot of adjustment because they've got all the all their dirt and they've got all the feed, so they're looking and to buy them on. Um, it's probably a bit harder. So there's, do you think there's has been a bit more adjustment lately? Well, obviously. Yeah, I I think in the last like I I think at the moment it seems to be tightening up. I think a lot of people probably you know, are getting stuck with cattle that they need to hang on to to trade out. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, everybody's had a pretty good year, a couple of years and, um, 
I think, you know, there's people there where they just want to have their cool breeders and if they've got a spare paddock for a couple hundred steers, why not? But just out and, and pick up a pretty good check at the end of each month with it. There's uh, uh, always a bit more extra income for everyone. I think it's great. Get the money moving around, it's just sure. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, from trading cattle to selling rocks, what would be your one piece of advice um, that you'd like people to get out of this episode? Maybe leaning towards trading, leasing, adjusting, um, being a younger person trying to have a crack? Yeah. No, I think the biggest advice is get out and have a crack. I think don't go all in. Don't, you know, go get a loan off everyone and think it's going to be the thing that makes you rich, but just just have a crack and chip away. Like don't don't bite off more than you can chew. So the thing's pretty where we I've pretty come unstuck in over the years where you know thinking, oh it's it's worked great this one time and going again and going all in that time. That's where it's really come unstuck and hurt us over the years. And um yeah, dumb enough to do it, keep doing it as well. <laughs> but um yeah, I, I think that's probably the best thing. And just like another big bit of advice in our training, like this idea of always leaving a bit of meat on the bone for the next person. So having value in what we sell so that they don't feel like they get ripped off and we all get a repeat buy out of that as well. And just being straight up with what we do as well. Like you get a lot of people that like do this sort of trading and sort of pretend that they haven't just bought them two days before and they spin them and yeah, we're pretty upfront with what we do. And so yeah, it's probably the best way to go go ahead with it for sure. Yeah. Top advice. And before we round it off, I've got to ask, what's involved in the induction for the cattle coming onto yours? What do you do? Yeah, so we've got like learning over the years. Um yeah, real big thing we we do is um vaccinate everything for bovine respiratory disease. Um we found like it's probably very similar to a big feedlot. Cattle coming from everywhere, high stress. They all get get either they'll have you know, pneumonia issues or um, respiratory issues. And so a big thing is you know, we vaccinate them with Rhino Guard. Everything that comes through, um, yeah, we do everything five and one, and um, they all get drenched as well. So the idea is anything that comes in gets that done the next next morning, so everything's a uniform in in the yard sort of thing. So that's probably the, the biggest pretty labor intensive and yeah always on on a, on the end of the cattle crush um every every couple of days but um that's pretty yeah big thing then yeah just cutting out old ear tags and tidying them up and yeah, that's pretty yeah, big thing just getting them, then we yeah, draft them into their their different little lines and keep them fed and keep them happy too. and then we educate them through the yards a lot as well um, run up the race set once a day and get them around with the working dogs as well. That really helps quiet them down too. So, yeah, playing goes on every day. It never ends. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. And for anyone looking to get in touch or see what you get up to, how can people maybe even buy one of your hats? Yeah, so um, yeah, Instagram is through my main place, um, king.cattle. I'm on there all the time. Trying to post something every day on, on the stories. Um, and then our website, yeah, www.kingcattle.com.au. Um, see what we get up to down there all the time as well. So it's pretty best place to get to us. Yeah. Great stuff, mate. Well, Hayden, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Got you on at last. Um, and I think it's pretty good advice around being a young person or even for the older people in agriculture to see what they can do with leasing, adjusting, and selling rocks. good on you mate thanks for having me on
this Farms Advice episode does not stop here. Come and join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, and even join our Facebook group. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more on this episode and spread the hashtag Farms Advice to your mates. If you can leave a review on Apple or Spotify, that will let other farmers find us too. But until then, see you next Tuesday. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Farm Size podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people today.